Do you like this show and want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Greetings, programs, and welcome back to another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. (laughs) This is the second time we've been here this evening. (laughs) As they say in the movie biz, take two. Take two. So you're going to hear a weird cut uh, towards the end of the episode tonight, because here's... Let me try to explain what happened. Oh, this is great. I had to do... I did a Mac OS update. There's a new operating system for the Mac. Uh, I downloaded it the other night. Thought everything was fine. I get on my computer today. I've got more stuff to download. Did that before the show and told Derek we needed to get on a little early to make sure everything was working properly. So I turned on my audio hijack, OBS, Skype, all that stuff. Of course, everything needed to be redone as far as access to the microphones and the the camera all that stuff got everything settled everything seemed to be working fine so we record the episode uh we're going out to twitch and then of course uh about halfway through the episode joey image popped into the twitch chat and said that there was no audio so we paused the show to figure out, you know, it took us a couple of minutes to figure out what was going on with OBS. And we finally, I, I restarted OBS and we were getting this really weird echo, almost like dubstep type weirdness going on. And <clears throat> once I finally restarted OBS, everything clicked into place for some reason. So when I went back at the end of the episode to upload the audio version of the show, everything up until that point was dead silent. It recorded nothing. It's such a demoralizing <clears throat> feeling. And that's that's happened with me multiple times with, you know, when I do my interviews for my other show over Skype, there have been instances where I'll go in and I'll open the file and the audio track is there but there are no audio levels or anything, uh, it's and it sucks. So hard, it really sucks. I was but just like, I've I've said this numerous <clears throat> times. I people won't hear it because they won't get to hear the first half of the original take. This all comes down to Skype. Yeah, <laughs> stupid Skype. Ugh. I mean, it, it almost cost me an interview before we recorded the show the first time, because you know the guy tried to call me earlier. Uh, because we had the interview planned for six, but he called me like 20 minutes early and I wasn't at my computer at the time. So I, I get to my computer at about 10 till six and I see this little box pop up and it was up for about three seconds said miss call from, and then it had the number. Well, I didn't have time to write it down. So I'm like, okay, I'll just go into my history. Well, there is no history. (laughs) It does not show you missed calls on Skype. Nor does it have a redial button. No. Because why would it have that? Oh, They and, get dumber with every update. And then, of course, I was thinking, oh, well, I'll just go and capture the audio of the beginning of the show from Twitch. So I go on the Twitch page, and then remember, there was no audio going out to Twitch. So that was dead silent, too. So I had, there's no record of the original beginning of this episode. And it's a shame because, you know, I mean, you solved world hunger. Yeah. I discovered the meaning of life and it's, <laughs> it's all gone. Had peace in the middle East. Right. <laughs> oh man. It's, it, it sucks. No, I, I, I can imagine. I mean, I can definitely relate <coughs> to the feeling you probably had when you realized that because it sucks. Yeah, it was. I got nauseous for a minute. I was just like, "Oh my god, what am I gonna do?" And that's when I called Derek and I said, uh, "We got a problem. 
We've got no beginning. As of soon the as you said that, I was like, yeah, the first half of the show didn't get captured. Uh, so heartbreaking. But let's but go. But we're here now. Let's uh, let's go over all this again, shall we? Let's do it. So this first story, it has nothing to do with retro gaming news, but I know it's a big story for Jason and myself and so many people around the world. Uh, Marvel Comics icon Stan Lee uh, passed away yesterday. We're recording this uh, Tuesday night. He passed away yesterday afternoon, I want to say. He was rushed to a hospital. Uh, It was actually early in the morning. This comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Stan Lee... The legendary writer, editor, and publisher of Marvel Comics, whose fantabulous, it's a very good word, but flawed creations (laughs) made him a real-life superhero to comic book lovers everywhere, has passed away at the age of 95. He began in the business in 1939. Crazy. And co-created or created Black Panther, Spider-Man, Thor, the Fantastic Four, Daredevil, among many other characters. You know, and I'll I'll let you go first before I give my thoughts. Uh, like I said before, uh, originally that uh, Stan Lee is going to be looked at as sort of, you know, he's going to be looked at as like Shakespeare in three or four hundred years. Like the, the, his work is going to be around forever. I mean, it's modern day mythology, and he created almost all of it. Everything, you know, Marvel movies are such a huge pop culture thing at this point. And I mean, not just, you know, the comics and the, the universes that he's created, the characters that he's created are going to live on long after us. And it, this really hits me hard because I feel like his death is the end of my childhood because Marvel comics were such a huge part of my childhood. I would read Stan soapbox and all that kind of stuff in the comics. And Stan Lee finally passing away is sort of like, okay, I have to move into adulthood now. Like, my childhood is officially gone and over. He lived, I think, one of the greatest lives that you could ever live. You know, he he helped found what is now a billion dollar cinematic yeah. empire. It's absolutely insane, and and. I think deep down we all knew that this was going to come sooner rather than later because yeah. he's 95 years old. But you know, to live to be that old and have as big of an impact on society as you have—that's an amazing accomplishment. Like, hey, he's—I dare say he's lived one of the greatest lives ever lived. Oh yeah. And he I mean, will he will be missed. I mean, he was the he's been the the tub thumper, the the ambassador for comic books for longer than I've been alive, and always been at the forefront of comics aren't just for kids; they're for everyone. There's something here for everyone, and his stories, his creations, everybody could see themselves in every single one of his creations. He created characters that. Everyone could see themselves in whether you were you know, black, white or, you know, boy, girl, doesn't matter. There was something for everybody. Yep, that hits the nail on the head. And I remember he was interviewed by Kevin Smith before the original Spider-Man movie came out with Tobey Maguire. And that was the exact analogy he used about why he thinks that Spider-Man, you know, in addition to Spider-Man having real life issues, which no other hero had at that point in time. But just the fact that his suit was full body, his face was covered. So you could be any gender race. Anyone could be under Spider-Man. Yeah. So I, his stories will span lifetimes. Like he, Stanley, even though Stanley, the person is no longer with us, his story and his legacy is going to live long after you and I are gone as well. Absolutely. So uh, all I have left to say is Excelsior, Excelsior. Stanley. Rest in peace, sir. 
Uh, moving on to our next story. This uh, came a couple of hours ago from GameSpot.com. Nintendo Switch Black Fly Black Black Friday <laughs> Black Friday bundle announced. Um, Black Friday is quickly approaching. Many retailers and video game publishers alike have already announced some great deals on consoles, games, and other accessories. Uh, if you're in the market for Nintendo Switch or plan on purchasing it, Nintendo has announced a new bundle that packs the system with a great title. On Black Friday, November 23rd, you'll be able to get a Nintendo Switch bundled with a digital copy of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for $300, the same price the console itself typically runs for. So basically, you get uh, Mario Kart 8 for free, which is great. Um, you also, they're coming out with a new set of white Joy-Con wheel accessories, which will run for $15. Comes with two wheels, which feature a slot that house the Joy-Con. And then also, there is a limited edition yellow and red 2DS for $80, which comes pre-installed with Super Mario Maker. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I've never got into Mario Maker. It looked really interesting and... I really wanted to play it, but it's one of those games that I know if if I got it, I would spend way too much time. Like that game yeah. would consume my life <laughs> making, if I bought uh, it. Making impossible levels. Exactly. <laughs> but no, I, I think the bundle for the Switch is um is great, you know. Uh you're basically getting Mario Kart for free. If they did this with other games like maybe Mario Odyssey or Breath of the Wild, I think would be really smart because yeah. The Switch, I think, is going to do really well this holiday season, not just because of these bundles, but because we also get the new Smash Brothers in December. Mm -hmm. And you probably won't hear from me for a few days <laughs> after that game comes out because that's what I'm going to be doing. Because yeah, no the... lie, the Smash Brothers game that came out for the Wii U, for three days, that's all I did Wow, was play that game. I would take breaks to eat and go to the restroom but i was just unlocking everything well i think the like switch i was obsessed is, with that game i think the switch is going to do gangbusters this holiday season i really do no i i totally agree uh our last story comes to us from sci-fi.com nintendo deals blow to emulated retro gaming with a 12 million dollar lawsuit against rom sites that's a lot of money yeah the days may be severely numbered for U.S.-based websites that offer free online access to pirated old-school and early video games, games that, in many cases, no longer can be found elsewhere. A federal judge in Arizona has sided with Nintendo in the company's $12 million trademark infringement lawsuit against the married couple owners of LoveRoms.com and LoveRetro.co, two sites that, while now defunct, were immensely popular among online-savvy gamers on the hunt for old-school games. I uh, see here Nintendo's three-count complaint alleged the sites engaged in copyright infringement, trademark infringement, and unfair competition. And according to Torrent Freak, the court agreed. Hmm. The owners reportedly shut down the sites immediately after the complaint was filed this summer and have agreed to pay a court-ordered $12.2 million while admitting, excuse me, while admitting the sites violated Nintendo's copyright and trademark rights. You know, I had such a good rant on this a little while you ago. You did. <laughs> but basically what I was saying is a lot of these ROMs, a lot of these old games, that's the only way you're going to be able to play these games. Like, if you're just now coming into the retro gaming market or you want to have your kids be able to play and you want to play games like Panic Restaurant or Little Samson you're going to be shelling out hundreds of dollars for these games, but you can get a ROM and, and play it. So I don't understand why Nintendo doesn't team up with Sega to make a console that all it does is hook up to uh, the internet and goes to a central hub, like an online library of all the old games from like, you know, the eighties and nineties, that you could go on there for like a monthly fee or per game purchase and be able to play all the old Nintendo Sega games and have them all in one easily accessible place. I, that that just seems like the simplest way to be able to have people be able to play these old games. My response to that would be a gif of Scrooge McDuck diving into his safe. Yeah. 
with it's, all the coins in it because that, that would make so much money. It would. I mean, because and I use this analogy, you know, the first time we did this, one of the first games that I ever reviewed for the show was a very obscure Nintendo Super Nintendo RPG called Ale- Illusion of Gaia. And it's never been available on any virtual console, whether it was the Wii or the Wii U. So the only way I've ever been able to play it, I mean, eventually I did find a physical copy of it, but, you know, it was to find a ROM because I really wanted to play it. And the game's not that expensive if you can find a cartridge of it, but it's also not the easiest game to find either. Yeah. So it just seems like a no-brainer for uh, Nintendo and Sega to kind of team up and do something like that. I mean, I can't be the first person that's thought of something like that. Yeah, it, it's, like I said, it would make so much money. I would buy one in a heartbeat. I would too. It's just, it, that, that's money on the table, Nintendo. Come on. Yeah. But let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. In November of 1981, Namco releases Bosconian, a multi-directional shooter with a voice. Yeah, the... The name sounds really cool. It actually sounds like an old. It sounds like a planet from like Star Trek. Yeah. Like, got to take the Enterprise to Bosconia. Like we were saying earlier, there's a, a couple of multi-directional shooters in the list here. Like multi-directional shooters were like the thing back in the early '80s. And the promotional flyer looks really cool too. Oh, it's it got a little bit of that early '80s, late '70s kind of look to it. Yeah. I love that art style. In November of 1981, Nintendo's Game & Watch is released in Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. But the Game yeah, & Watches I've, are great. I would love to get my hands on a couple of these. Yeah, same here. You know, the back in the... Uh, between, like, the mid-90s and the early 2000s, they actually, for the Game Boy, and eventually the Game Boy Advance, they would release these little collections of almost remastered Game & Watch games. They were called the Game & Watch Gallery Series. Mm-hmm. And they incorporated a little bit of the Nintendo flair, like adding in some Mario characters to the games and everything. But they were all really fun. You know, I was talking about this earlier, too. The modern cross D-pad design was developed in 1982 by Yokoi for the Donkey Kong held handheld game. And uh, that's pretty much the basis for all modern controllers. That's a pretty important moment in gaming history. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, November 1st of 1984, Namco releases, I tried to say this earlier, Grobda, a spinoff from Xevious, or Xevious, 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 something. Well, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> More Star Trek sounding stuff. Yeah, it's, it's another multi-directional shooter game that was released by Namco. I don't know what they were doing with this art that they had going on in the early 80s, but it was really good. Cool stuff, man. The The poster, did you ever see or read any of the heavy metal stuff? Oh, yeah. This makes me think of one of the heavy metal like shorts from the original movie. Oh, yeah. That's really good. It's awesome. I'd love to have some posters of some of this stuff. Oh, for sure. In November 1st, 1986, Sega releases Alex Kidd in Miracle World. It is the first game in the Alex Kidd series created for this character and the most popular of all Alex Kidd games. They tried to make him the, the Sega mascot, and it didn't take. No, it, it took uh, a certain speedy blue hedgehog and <laughs> a different style of game yeah. to, uh, to do that. Never played Alex Kidd, but I, I remember vaguely hearing of him back in the day. Yeah, I, I remember the games. I, I never played it at all. Same. Um, in November of 1991, Nintendo releases Metroid 2 Return of Samus for the Game Boy in North America. And when we talked about this earlier, we decided that we're going to do a Metroid month here on the show. Mm-hmm. Because this is, this is a game that not a lot of people talk about and i feel like it being on the game boy might have hurt it a yeah. little bit and i haven't played this game in a long long time so 
Um, I think what we're going to do is you're going to start with the original Metroid. Yes. I'm going to do Metroid 2 for the Game Boy. Then you will review Super Metroid, and I will close it out with Metroid Fusion for the Game Boy Advance, which is kind of on the cusp of retro, but I think because, you know, it's it's still a 2D platformer, and it's mm-hmm. early 2000s, and I mean, I've reviewed games from 2000 and 2001, so... I, I think it'll be okay. I actually just realized we have five weeks in January. Wow. <laughs> so we, we might have to add something on that last uh, that last episode. Yeah, but we'll, we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. But no, Metroid 2, really fun game. And to close out this month in video game history, on November 21st, 1991, Nintendo releases one of their obscure indie titles, The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past for the Super Famicom in Japan. One of the greatest games ever made. Yep, this is, for Super Nintendo definitely, it was the game I put the most hours into, because at least once a year I made it a point to play through the whole thing from start to finish and find all the heart pieces and all the items, all that fun stuff, so... A lot of great memories playing Link to the Past. Hell yeah. Well, this is the part of the show where <laughs> we we got to before everything finally kicked on and it started to record. So I'm going to play the music here for what we're going to be reviewing tonight. And then it will pick up where the original show started. So we will see you on the other side. So <laughs> we're talking about WrestleMania for the NES, which is, um, man, I'm all discombobulated now, man, because of that whole Skype thing. See, it's like I said, like I said at the <laughs> beginning of the show, Skype is the source of everything evil, man. I, I, if anybody's wa- has watched the show on Twitch, like we had some weird, like, uh, Echo, what, what's the name of the dude? What's the name of that crappy music that people listen to lately? That's like all like electronic. Oh, dubstep. Dubstep. We had some dubstep stuff going on on the Twitch channel. Yeah, it was that. That was a new one for me. Yeah, I don't know what that was. And we were basically <laughs> hearing multiple like playthroughs of our voices, and they came more and more distorted the more they would play, and then they just kind of faded away. It's weird. It was really <laughs> creepy. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about WrestleMania. Uh, it was back when it was still known as the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, and not the WWE. Uh, it was an, a video game created by Rare, which is weird, and published by Acclaim Entertainment in 1989. It was the first WWF-licensed NES game, and the second WWF game overall, the first ba- being Micro League Wrestling. WrestleMania also marked the beginning of a long relationship between a- between Acclaim and the WWF, which lasted 10 years. Released just months prior to WrestleMania 5, it was intended to help build up to that event. The game's title screen features the tagline for WrestleMania 3, Bigger, Better, Badder. Rare later developed a follow-up game, WWF WrestleMania Challenge. Um, which is weird that Rare developed this game because of how... I, I Honestly, this isn't even really a game. It's more like a demo. Because there, I, I went into the... I've never played this game in my life. Like, don't get me wrong. I loved WWF Wrestling when I was a kid. Like, I was into it man like wrestling was life like along with the nintendo i watched every weekend i watched uh, the superstars of wrestling the main event on saturday nights whenever it was on <clears throat> and whatever else wwf did i was 
went to every live show that came near me. Um, I actually got to see Hulk Hogan wrestle, who was one of my favorite wrestlers when I was a kid, along with Roddy Roddy Piper. And, um, you know, this is around the time, this was 1989. So this was at the height of like, you know, the mega powers with, uh, uh, Randy Macho Man Savage and Hulk Hogan. So I don't know why I didn't play this, but, um, I really think Joey needs to jump in for this. Joey, would you be willing to jump into Skype and, and talk about WrestleMania? I know you're in uh, the chat right now, so if if you uh, if you want to jump in, I will give you a, a quick call on Skype. Just let me know. Um, Are we in for a surprise appearance? Maybe by Mister Joey Image. But the thing is, I went into this game thinking there would be at least some sort of like a um, like a story mode or something to, or like like a seasonal mode or something like that. There's nothing like that in this game. You just you go in. And you each time you go in, you play one match, and you every time you play a match, you have to put in your name every single time you play a match. You have to put your name back in. You go in, you pick your wrestler, and then you pick who you're fighting against, and then you go in to the ring and you wrestle, which there's not much wrestling because it's really just a button masher. And there's no real wrestling to speak of. It's more just kind of like they punch and kick until you knock their health meter down. And then for each wrestler, there's um, like a power-up that'll come bouncing through the 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 ring every once in a while. Like, uh, my, uh, you know, a million-dollar man has like a little dollar sign that'll bounce through. And you, he has to run up there and get it. And it gives him like, you know builds his health meter back up or Hulk Hogan has like a crucifix that jumps through, uh, each time. And, uh, the first game I played, I played as Macho, Macho Man, Randy Savage against Hulk Hogan. And, uh, I got my ass handed to me by, uh, Andre the giant, <laughs> which was not fun. So then I, um, I played it again, uh, as Hulk Hogan, against the million dollar man and completely trounced him in there. Uh, oh, and Joey said he is ready. So let me jump Sweet. on Skype here and we are going to bring in, if I can figure out how <laughs> to bring in Joey image into the call. Cause there's no one more perfect to talk about this oh, game. Yeah. Than Joey image. Come on, Joey image. Where are you at? There you are. Um, and do I add him? Hmm. Come on, Skype, make this easier, please. That's the theme of this episode, is that Skype is just terrible. Is that how you add him, add to group? That should be it. And I guess I accidentally hung up on Derek. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, are we good? Ah, oh, yeah, there you are. Hello. <laughs> what? Now I'm echoing. Oh no, there we go. All right. Yeah, I don't know. So confusing. What is going on with OBS in the new uh, update with uh, Mac? <clears throat> I don't know. That was freaky. Oh, I know what my problem is. Hold on, it's not me. It's you. Uh, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that I still have the Freudian slip. So <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing through my headphones and through my speakers because I had the stream itself up. Wow. So now that's muted. All right, so, God, this is so much easier. Okay. Actually, I got this copy of WrestleMania from you, Joey. When I was, I didn't up even in know New that. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> I've never played this game before. Wait, were there doubles of it? Is that why? Yeah, yeah, you had a double of All it. All right. And I think, um, uh, yeah, I, th <clears throat> I think my fiance Angela has like four of them for some reason. Yeah, I think there was like three or four in there. I was like, can yeah, I have I one of these? You're like, yeah. There's like, there's like three Zeldas, yeah. like <laughs> Solomon's Key. She has like two of. I'm like, why do yeah. you have all these freaking. Like doubles because she has two sisters and a brother, so they would like have oh, yeah. like two or three Nintendos throughout the house in each one's bedroom, and they all bought all the same stuff. And now I've inherited it. So <laughs> yeah, I think there was four WrestleManias in there. That's so, pretty funny. 
Do you so maybe remember? if you played a different car, maybe if I gave you a different cartridge, it would be better. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but did you ever get to play this game? It only features six wrestlers: Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Macho Man Randy Savage, Million Dollar Man, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Honky Tonk Man. And like I was telling Derek, I was expecting to play this and have maybe some sort of like you know, uh, like a Mike Tyson's punch out sort of like story mode to it or something like that. But it's not, it's just, it's basically a glorified demo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I think it's just all singles matches and there's yeah, no, that's it. like there's no story to it. it. Just, no, you do a match, it's over and then you, you pick another one and it's over. And it's not the really... next, you go to the next match, you still have to put your name in again, <laughs> which yeah. is aggravating. And it, it wasn't a very good game. I mean, I I think this came out. Uh, when did this come out? Eighty eight was it? Uh, it was eighty nine, January of nineteen eighty nine. So, so that was uh, I was not even twelve yet. I was still eleven. So I probably thought this game was great. Oh, I yeah. know I played it a lot, and I I only remember uh, I, I specifically remember uh, one thing that bothered me was that in the WWF, uh, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase had no music. Um. But in the game, he had music, and it was somebody else's, and that used to bother me. <laughs> I don't. I, I still remember it because it was. Uh, it, there was a tag team called Strike Force, and they for some reason took their music and put it in the game under Million Dollar Man. I never understood that. Oh, and that's, here's that's like one thing I distinctly remember. Here's what it says in the uh, the Wikipedia page: All wrestlers possess a limited amount of moves, which consist of basic standing punches and kicks. <laughs> Headbutts, a running attack, a move off the turnbuckle, which Andre the Giant and Bam Bam Bigelow cannot perform, a body slam, <laughs> which Bam Bam Bigelow and Honky Tonk Man cannot perform. All wrestlers also possess a, quote, back attack that they can use on an opponent standing behind them, usually a backwards punch. The moves themselves Ooh. are somewhat tailored to each wrestler. I didn't notice that no, at they're all. Not. They're all the same. Uh, yeah. It's also worth noting that the only that only Hulk Hogan is able to body slam the massive Andre the Giant. I still couldn't figure out how to body slam it. I couldn't figure out how to pin people for like the first three or four matches. I would just like get their health all the way down. They would like fall down and then I would just hit buttons until eventually I just <laughs> fell on top of them. There's only two buttons on the controller. How hard I know. Be? Like I'm sitting, I'm hitting, I'm hitting down. I hit a, I'm hitting down and a, I'm hitting down and B. I'm like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. I, I find it interesting that I'm assuming they were trying to be realistic by not having Andre and Bam Bam. Although Bam Bam did top rope stuff a lot in real life. But what's interesting is like, the new game for the, the 2K19 game that just came out in uh, October or whatever it was, September, um, Andre could do everything in that. Top rope stuff, he could, he could uh, you know, he I've seen him in the game jump from in the ring up and over the rope on the floor. <laughs> uh, like, where's the realism? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and, and I don't know. This, like, this, this just felt like when I was playing this, I had this scenario in my head of, like, Picture, like, this game came out in January of 89, all right? Now, picture, it's the Christmas holidays of 1988, and they're at the Acclaim offices, and, you know, they're, like, <laughs> sitting in there, they're having their, like, weekly meeting, and they're like, all right, guys, we're about to go on, uh, we're, we're going to have our uh, New Year's Eve party uh, later on tonight, but um, just wanted to let you guys know before we shut down for the day, we did get the uh, the uh, WWF license, so good job, everyone! Yay! And everybody in the <laughs> office is like, "Yay!" Well, like, um, and they're like, "Oh, so uh, so Bill, you in the you in the back there, Bill? Uh, you, I think you'd be perfect to take on this." And he's like, "Oh, he's like, yeah, great." He's like, "I haven't been here that long. This is you know, great. Like, yeah, you you've done some fine work. We uh, we know you're new here, and um, we we really want you to uh, to head up this production of this game." So uh, we're going to give it to you. And he's like, great. So uh, what's the release date? Is it like, you know, a year or two, 18 months, 12 months? And they're like, uh, next Friday. We need to have it by next Friday. Um, we're going to need you to work over the weekend. And uh, sorry you can't have New Year's Day off. But this needs to be out by next Friday. And not just out, but like on store shelves by next Friday. So if you could just get that done over the weekend, that'd be great. 
Yeah, I need you to scenes. come in on Saturday. <laughs> that'd be that great. Would be great. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. That and that's what it felt like to me. Like this game was thrown together in a weekend. I'm gonna need you to go ahead and come in on Sunday yeah. too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Just so you know, we're starting at the regular time. It's not a half day or anything like that. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I mean, honestly, I don't really have much to say about this game because there's not much to it. I mean. I would rather play Fester's Quest than play this game because at least oh, Fester's wow. Quest has a story to it. <laughs> I, I never played that game, but I have it complete in box. Oh, it's awful. I don't even know where I got it from. You should go back and listen to our episode on Fester's Quest because I was actually coming down with the flu the night we recorded that episode, and I hated I that I game anyway. <laughs> so I was running a fever, and I think I went into like some sort of fit and just like... Uh, <laughs> Really let that game have it. I have not laughed that hard since on this <laughs> podcast. I remember you texted me the next day and you're like, I feel so awful right now. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I was running a fever. Oh, it was awful. Um, not much more to say about this game. Uh, it says players can either play a single exhibition match or a tournament. In a single-player tournament, the player chooses one wrestler must defeat the other five in a series of matches to win the championship. In a tournament with two or more player-controlled wrestlers, up to six can play. Each wrestler faces every other wrestler once. I don't remember seeing a tournament mode yeah. on this thing. That sounds kind of cool, though, if you got five buddies that are all you know, sharing two controllers. Yeah, I would have played a tournament mode and like gone through each wrestler, but I didn't see a tournament mode. I don't remember that either. I remember the little uh, power-up icons would bounce along the screen, and you yeah. had to grab them. And <laughs> yeah, that's what I was telling uh, Derek a little while ago. Is like each wrestler has their each each one. Like Honky Tonk Man has like a little guitar, guitar. that bounces, yep. and like uh, Bam Bam's Hogan, got the flame. Yeah, the little flame that goes across what the Hogan screen. Have? Like a, cross a crucifix. Or yeah, it's a cross. Okay. So those really don't do much except like, you know, <laughs> so they, they boost up your, your health meter, I think, but that's it for this game. There is not much to talk about for it. That's why I was scared no. to do it last week. <laughs> it was not very good. I'm I mean, sure I loved it when I was 11, I but I played mean... it for one night last week. And <sighs> I went after I said, well, I played it one night, like I played one match and then I said I would review it and then I played it again and I played like three matches and I was like, I can't play this anymore. This That's is how long awful. it took you to play it in the first place. Well, you were here like six months ago now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's awful. Like it, it's, it's so bad and I can't believe Rare made the, like developed this game. That's like, that's the shocking thing. I, to I me. know. Like it's crazy. I can't name another game that Rare made. I don't even recognize the name. Oh, uh, they um they were it, mostly prevalent in like the mid to late nineties. They did the Donkey Kong Country series for Super Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. They did um Banjo Kazooie <laughs> and Donkey Kong sixty four. Yeah, they perfect. Uh, why, why don't I know that? I was never a big Donkey Kong guy, but Banjo Kazooie was good. You know why I don't like Donkey Kong? I just I don't want to get off subject here, but when I was in like third or fourth grade, my parents bought me Donkey Kong Junior Math. And I was so offended <laughs> that they thought I was stupid. Wow. That I never played it. I was like, I'm never playing another Donkey Kong game again. And then when that, uh, that uh, what's it called? That convention I went to the other day, Jay, that I was sending you pictures of, yeah. Angela found Donkey Kong Jr. math on some guy's table. And she didn't know the story yet, I don't think. Because she pointed out, she's like, I never heard of this. I'm like, God, don't worry about it. You're not missing anything. And all those <laughs> memories came flooding back. Like, my parents thought I was stupid, man. They bought me a stupid... <laughs> they thought it would help me learn. <laughs> I remember playing a bunch of uh, educational games on my Commodore 64. I used to have, like, Hangman and all that kind of stuff. And then, like, yeah. s something like Snoopy's Red Baron. Like, it was some kind Baron. of a math game, I think. Yeah. I don't remember. They did some Mario games, too, for Super Nintendo. I think they did, like, Mario is Missing, where you yes. had to go around the country... Uh, and they had like a time machine game too that I, think I never played. You should review that, Derek. <laughs> Mario is missing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I never played that until a couple of months ago. Like my my fiance said, she played it back in the day. But I, like, I only got it like 
because it was part of like an emulate. I mean, it was part of a pack of games I uh, acquired, and uh, I thought it was a hack. I didn't know it was a real game. Weird. Because there was other stuff in that same pack of games, like Midget Mario and Wheelchair Mario. Whoa. So I thought this was like, uh, I, I thought they were all just hacked games, and then I found out that was an actual title. Wow. I don't remember that at all. I did say something cool here. It says, a scene in the 2008 film The Wrestler features a fictional NES game yeah. entitled Wrestle Jam 88. The fully functioning yep. demo features a style inspired by WrestleMania. Yeah, it's the same graphics and everything, except wow. it's it's Randy the Ram, and uh, I don't even remember who the opponent was, but it's just him playing as himself when he's all broken down living in a trailer park. Yeah. I mean, I do have to say that the music for the game is actually kind of decent. It but, was just every guy's theme song, though. It's not yeah. like they had any actual... Like, they didn't put any effort into the, the, no. the sound at all. It They're was just, just kind of... Hey, this guy, let's put this guy in the game, and we'll yeah. just use his music. I wonder and why it they loops, only... too. It loops during every match. Why did they only have six wrestlers, too? Like I don't know. The memory limitations of the system, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Or of the cartridge itself. But it's just such a... like I would have thought this would have been made by like LJN or something. Yeah. I think LJN made a couple of others. Yeah, I if I remember know. correctly. But yeah, this was not a good game. It was not fun <laughs> to play. <laughs> and, and now I know why they only cost like $2 at the retro store. <laughs> but it's a That's nice $2. copy, though. That's I mean, $2 more than you gave me for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice copy, though, that I got from. I mean, it looks nice on on, on the shelf, but I don't think I'm going to be pulling this one down. Nice. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be pulling this one down to, to pop in the old NES anytime <laughs> soon again. <laughs> I may have to play this tonight. I may have to stream this tonight. Dude, you have to. <laughs> Please. It's been so long I've played it. <laughs> but yeah, I think on a scale of 1 to 10, this is probably going to scrape by with a 3. Oh, God, that's being generous. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to be too harsh on it because I do. I was such a wrestling fan. Like At that time when this game came out, that was like, my pinnacle of my love for wrestling. Like everything was Nintendo or wrestling. Like that was my <laughs> life. I think, I think I loved it so much because back then is uh, that time specifically is when they were doing the Macho Man Hogan thing that like they, they did from WrestleMania four to five. So yeah, five was the mega powers. <clears throat> five was uh, April 2nd, 89. So it was January for three months after this game came out. So, and that was my favorite WrestleMania of all time to this day. So, I'm assuming that's why I liked it so much and played it so much, but it's not really any good. I probably didn't play it again after WrestleMania Five was over. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I, I would like to play some of the other uh, WWF games for the NES, but now I'm kind of scared too. <laughs> there was a there was some kind of like steel cage something or other that that, that was kind of cool. Uh, that might have been for Super though. I don't know. Rage in the Cage was it called or Steel remember. Cage Challenge or something like that. I don't remember. But uh, but that was kind of cool. But uh, anything after this is just light years ahead of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was one of the first. You know, I mean, they did have other wrestling games that were better <clears throat> for the NES. And uh, I there was one that was really good that came out way before this one, and I, I for some reason I can't re remember it right you, offhand. You Might know have just been what was wrestling. good was the 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 WCW game was good because it talked. And it had like twenty guys in it, or tw or eighteen guys, or something like that. Oh, which it one was that? WCW World Championship Wrestling. Yeah, that's all it's called. Okay. And then there was. The, I don't. The, I don't know when that came out though. That might have been after this. There was the Black Box, uh, Nintendo Black Box Pro Wrestling. That was really good. I never heard of that. One of the original. Oh, Black oh Box the original. Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still love that game. That game's great. Yeah. Starman. Yeah, <laughs> that's who I always played was Starman. Yep, I always wanted to learn how to do that like backwards flipping kick thing, and I can't even do a backflip, so I never even tried. <laughs> oh man, uh, I love playing wrestling games, but this was this is not going to be on that list of wrestling games I like to play. And I don't <laughs> know why like I never played this game. I, like I was so into wrestling, like this would have been like easily. Uh, something I would have asked for for like Christmas or something. But did you they, ever play 
WWF Micro League Wrestling. I never played that. That game was uh, terrible, but great. <laughs> uh, this was more of a simulation. Yeah, this was... Yeah, uh, my, Micro League was a sim, yeah. Yeah, Hang this came second. out for the Commodore 64, the Amiga, and for DOS. And it's actually got... Yeah, I've never heard of this game. Hulk Hogan on the on the cover. Yep, there it, it is. Looks right like there. this. He's got it. <laughs> wow. It's a uh, it's it's a uh, it was a simulation for uh I think it was for Commodore sixty four. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It was the Commodore sixty four. I don't even remember. Oh yeah, it says it right on the front. Yeah, and color TV required. Which is an <laughs> wow, <interesting> little sticker. <laughs> yeah. But that's this awesome. this game was like. Um, I don't know. It was so it's so hard to describe. Like there was like the main disc, which was here, and then like you flip it over and there was one match, and then you could buy add-on matches. It there was only like four matches you could play. It was like Hogan Macho Man, like Hogan Paul Orndorff, and like uh I don't know, I don't even remember the other ones. But you had to like buy the other matches, which was kind of silly. That's weird. they were like uh it wasn't even like whatever you call the DLC was whatever DLC was called back then. Like uh, yeah, it I says guess. here, it says uh, featured Hulk Hogan versus Randy Macho Man Savage on one side and Hulk Hogan versus uh, Paul Orndorff on the other. Yeah. Two expansion discs were released known as the <laughs> Superstar Series. The first of these featured Randy Savage versus Honky Tonk Man, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Harley Race. And the second disc features Hulk Hogan versus Million Dollar Man and Jake the Snake Roberts versus Ravishing Rick Rude. I gotta find those. You know what's crazy? I watched a video not too long ago of when uh, Rick Rude broke his neck uh, in oh. Japan. That was yeah. a rough video to watch. <laughs> oh, Did you ever man. see when uh, when Sid Vicious broke his leg? Oh, oh I yes, watched that I live. That was oh. awful. Really? Oh my god, that's oh. horrible. I wish Jay, you, you wouldn't have that? reminded me of that. That makes me hurt oh, you... thinking about it. So you saw it. Yeah. <laughs> what about? Uh, have you ever seen? Um... I think his name is Rod Price. Uh, he was he worked for ECW, but he did the same thing Sid tried to do and had the same result. Uh. And the funny, you know what the funny thing is about that is that I don't know if you guys know who Sandman is or was. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, so Sandman always carried the the, the kendo stick, the the cane of the ring. And uh, when when Rod Price did the did the leg thing, and you know same thing as Sid broke his broke his leg or whatever, and he was laying there, and Sandman thought it was part of the show. So he just ran to the ring and whacked the shit out of him, or the whacked the crap out of him with his cane, oh. as if you know, as if he was selling. Oh, quote unquote. Poor guy. <laughs> oh man, I think it's hilarious now. <laughs> so I've been I've been hit with kendo sticks many times and they don't feel good. So I can just imagine this guy's laying there with his leg in literal pieces, getting whacked in the head with the cane because the other guy thinks it's just Oof. part of the show. <laughs> Oh, that oh, makes man. me hurt. Oh, man. <laughs> so I could never be a wrestler. I, I couldn't have done what you did, Joey. I probably would have broken every bone in my body. <laughs> you, you know what, what I find interesting about this game is that it says multiple times no VCR required. What That's a, what? kind of a weird, like, I don't know if you can see it, but it's at the bottom there in oh, red. Yeah. That's weird. I don't understand. Weird. And it says for Commodore 64 right above it. So why would I need a VCR? <laughs> I, I, I still like the whole color TV required sticker. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's There's awesome. got to be YouTube videos of this game. It's horrible, but it's so good. Like there's a list of uh, there's a list of moves and you just pick one. And wow. then it's basically turn based. Yeah. So like. I don't think you can even do two in a row. Like, you pick one, and then, like, the other guy picks one. And it was only single player. Oh, no, actually, it says for two players. I don't remember that, though. Uh, it, it's just terrible. There has to be YouTube videos of it, I'm sure. You should uh, get an emulator for that and uh, <laughs> and stream that. I was just thinking that uh, I have a, uh, a an RCA, like the Red, Yellow, and White, to HDMI hookup. Maybe I can just get a Commodore 64 and stream it. Yeah. <laughs> on an actual system. I think I still but, uh, have the Commodore 64. I'm, I'm sure 64. there's a Commodore 64 emulator somewhere. I, I've never actually looked for one. I'm I would sure love to is. get another one. 
Um, of course, this is the only game I would have, but still. But um, but we're coming up on the end of the show. I got one little thing to talk here about listener email, so let me play a little bit of you music want me to hop here. Off? No, you're good. You can stay till the end. Okay. Uh, this is from Brandon Rutledge, who is a Facebook regular. He says, I have a suggestion for a Christmas special. Review Die Hard, both the movie and the NES game. I'd be down for that. Uh, yes. PlayStation Classic is a hit or miss for me. I agree that it will not sell well as the NES or SNES Classic, both of which I still want and are in stock at my local Walmart. I still have my copy of SimCity, which we reviewed last week, and will probably play it after my night class tonight. As a kid, I did not fully comprehend the concept of the game until my brother showed me years later. Using disasters to destroy the city was always fun, though I should probably see a therapist for enjoying it so much. I know more people talk about pilot wings, but I have many more memories with Sim City. I don't think that uh, you need uh, therapy for that. I think that's a, sort of more of a cathartic thing to just build your city and then just destroy it. Like that's the yeah, fun you destroy in those it, games. And you just build a new one. Oh yeah, it's great. That's why I love those games so much. Mm-hmm. But uh, but we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. So Joey, thank you for uh, joining us to talk about WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for uh, having me on for a couple well, minutes, man. Well, tell awesome. everybody where they can find you at on the internet. I just found a full, a complete walkthrough of uh, Micro League Wrestling. Really? Or playthrough. <laughs> it's only 16, awesome. minutes, 16 minutes long. Wow. Um, where can I find me? Uh, Twitter at Joey Image, Facebook real, slash real, uh, whatever it is. Facebook Joey Image, uh, twitch.tv slash Joey Image, and. Uh, I don't know, my new gig every Monday night. Uh, I am the, the new uh, third mic on the Conti and Kenny show, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., more like radio.com. Awesome. What about you, Derek? I shouldn't, say, I shouldn't say new third mic. That sounds like I replaced somebody. There's never been a third <laughs> mic. I am the third mic now. I still got to check that show out. I haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, check out our, uh, our um, the, I guess, the podcast version, which comes out, I think, on Wednesdays or Thursdays of... Of last night's show where we interviewed uh, Casey Armstrong of the Howard Stern Show. Awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's a really good dude. He's got a new book coming out, and I don't know. We had a really good conversation for an hour. I'm going to listen to that tomorrow. Well, what about yeah, that's you, fantastic. Uh, anything you want to uh, throw out there before we get out of here tonight? No, just um, if you want to follow the development of my upcoming short film that I'll be shooting next month, just... Go find it at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Parker Syndrome. Sweet. Well, let me go ahead and play our music here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfantastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And if you don't have a couple of bucks to throw us every month, then go leave us a review. That helps us out just as much, whether it's on iTunes or uh, Overcast or wherever you listen to us. Go leave us a review. So Derek, please tell everyone what it's all about. Ooh, yeah. Dig it. <laughs> You blow it!